The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the managing editor for HaleVarsity.com and magazine. Again, that uh, special, HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. offer. Come on. No, I was there. <laughs> you say it together. It's well, offer. we got to make the listeners at home think about it. They're going to they're gonna hear that, and they're going to go, what is it? Is it an offer? Like, shut up it- about selling me things. So, <laughs> offer. Take care of yourself, digital and print you'll love it Vogues we were having a smile about you being out in the uh, the woods in a cabin there's no snow there's no wind chill you are uh, you're living your best life I love it explain to our listeners and those that are watching Hail Varsity YouTube channel and of course Hail Varsity Radio Twitter and ESPN Lincoln Twitter where you're at you're off in the woods collecting your thoughts decompressing from signing day in the Latest issue, hang on, hang on, and say shameless plug here. Latest issue uh, of of Hale Varsity. So you are you are a hunker down for Christmas. Is there a wood chipper near you? <laughs> there's there's not a wood chipper. Uh, there is a, a river about uh, probably fifty yards over my left shoulder. I'm actually out on the screened in porch slash grill slash bar area. So it's warm enough for that today here in eastern Tennessee. But I think like everybody else, we're expected to drop about 30 degrees overnight and see the coldest temperatures in, in decades. So it's coming. So I, I enjoyed the chance to just sit out here and chat some football. Do you, do you have, and I'll get to football, but do you have like the Heisenberg kind of stove in the middle of, of the, the, the main cabin re- region? No, this isn't quite that rustic of a cabin. The, the, the amenities are a little bit more modern. We're actually heading back to to Chattanooga tomorrow, so just got out for a night or two um, and enjoying that. Have you, have you seen that that movie? It's probably about ten years old now, called Cabin in the Woods. I think it has one of the Hemsworth brothers in it, and I've never quite seen it. But uh, I heard Vogues was in a cabin in the woods, and that was the first place my mind went. Is that he should probably be looking over his shoulder. I, I have seen that movie. I enjoyed it. It was it was a pretty fun one. Um, so far, our cabin in the woods has not had any of the uh, misadventures that are portrayed in that film, and we're hoping we're hoping to avoid that. We'll, we'll take a more sedate, boring cabin in the woods. Well, uh, okay. This all can circle back and tie into recruiting. There's been misadventures with classes. You. Uh, nailed in your column, uh, uh, com the, uh, the the rundown here, the, the the bullet points, if you will. And Vogues, you've always focused on a key point in, in any programs, but, but specifically with Nebraska, and that's attrition. What's normal? What's normal in a four-year window? And what's normal for a class? Let's start there with the dirty word of attrition and how it's affected Nebraska. Yeah. So what has been normal at Nebraska in the past is a little over 40%. So I think looking at 2011, 
to, I mean, you can go all the way to this past class. The thing with this is, you know, like the 22 class has only had one cycle to, to leave yet. So it usually takes it a while to catch up. Um, but right around 40, 42%, I think that's, it might be a little bit higher than, you know, some of Nebraska's peer schools, but not drastically so. And, you know, on a day like signing day where you sign, these schools sign 20 some guys, you kind of got to look at it and say, well, uh, eight of those probably aren't going to end up finishing their career at Nebraska for sure. And that's just kind of the rate at which these things go. The Scott Frost era was a little bit higher. Um, it's tough to assess what that means right now, if that was because of the lack of success on the field, or if it was because the the entire transfer process changed while he was he was the Huskers head coach. So that'll be, you know, monitoring that more closely. It'll be interesting to see when we get four, five, six years down the road to see if that attrition rate has has risen at Nebraska as well as at other schools. And, and I kind of expect that it will because, you know, we've only had this is only the third time third transfer period where guys can transfer and not lose a, a year of eligibility that drastically changes things and it, it does almost feel like the transfer portal year in year out is getting crazier and crazier where bigger and bigger names are into the transfer portal more, more and more people are checking out you know what let's see what nil opportunities are out there and i can always go back to the school that, that i came from should i not find what i was looking for but it just feels like every single year there's more and more splash names splash type players in the portal and it's it's not just because of coaching changes like it, it was almost two years ago yeah it's not and i think you know you're still seeing so this is the third fall where they've had that opportunity um or second fall sorry i'm all mixed up um it still feels new enough. It still feels like kind of a, a, a new avenue to explore. I expect we get three, four years down the road. I, I would expect it to slow down a little bit because, I mean, you see the numbers that are that are in the transfer portal now, and you just know that there's not enough spots for where guys want to go. Um, now they can always go, you know, go down a little bit lower. And I do think overall that's what the transfer portal is doing is it's helping guys find the level that is actually right for their kind of skill level. Um, that said, you know, it, it, it's viewed more as, Hey, there's a big opportunity here. Let's, let's go out and chase it. Um, and I don't begrudge anybody that, but I do expect, you know, it, it's going to take a couple of cycles of people seeing, Hey, I went to the portal and this didn't work out for me at all. Um, for that to slow down at all. Brandon, a point I made up on the show yesterday, and I want to get your take on it, is that the transfer portal right now is what JUCO was to college football 10 years ago. You know what? If a guy's at a school like Rhode Island or, or name a smaller school, that's almost a new JUCO. You go get a, a D1 experience. You can go get some college strength training underneath your belt. You can get some college D1 experience. And then you know what? You, you, if, if you pop, if, if you bet on yourself and it bets and the bet works out, you can go up to a, a power five program, become an, an instant starter, get a year or two there and then head off to the NFL. Yeah, you can. Um, and I mean, we've seen, you know, Samori Toure uh, last year with Nebraska coming up from the FCS. Like I, I, I'm excited for those guys that that kind of prove themselves at a Rhode Island, for example, like Cornelius, who you know ended up going to Oregon. Um, the ones that that kind of give me pause are the uh, Alabama had a starter on their on their offensive line this year who became a really great player at Vanderbilt. Those are the ones that, like, just as a college football fan, make me kind of throw up the stop sign a little bit. Like, if if Vandy is basically a farm league for Alabama, Georgia, et cetera, then things get a little bit dicey for me. But 
what can you do? I mean, it's you got to have a rule that, that treats everybody the same. And, and why, I guess, is that different than say going from Montana to Nebraska? Uh, I'm just not ready to, I guess, acknowledge that <laughs> Vanderbilt or Northwestern or somebody along those lines might be just kind of a, a power not just a power five or power two conference feeder program, but the top levels of those, the power five, power two. Brandon Vogel in a cabin in the woods with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking uh, Nebraska and signing day. When you look at some takeaways, Vogues, you go through the names, you go through the class, we'll be able to grade this uh, accurately two to three to four years down the road, whether... You stay, you hit on a kid, or a walk-on is an eraser for you. Uh, if, if if a scholarship guy didn't live up to the hype or the hope anyway. But what, what did you like about rules first haul? The thing that stuck with me from yesterday and listening to him, you know, speak for, for a good amount and, and the players that they chose was that everyone out there talks about development, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of unavoidable. You've got to do it. But with, with rule, I, I really do sense kind of a passion for it. Um, and you see that evidence in some of the guys that they took. You know, Bryce Turner, based on track times, is probably one of the 10 fastest guys in Texas. That said, it came out of nowhere. Um, and this staff, Coach Rule, and the guys that have been with him are like, no, like you can't coach how fast that guy is. And we're excited to to get him better as a football player. Um, you have those examples, and there there are a handful of them in this class. So it's a it's a heavy developmental class, I think, which a lot of times you know people might view as is as a negative. I think here at the start of a tenure, um, it's 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 okay. I mean, you're out there trying to do what the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States of the world do, which is just accumulate the highest level talent you can get. Um, but if, if you're if you're not at that level, and not many teams are, most teams are closer to where Nebraska is at, where you've got to get, get, get your evaluations right on some guys, and then you've got to coach them well. Um, and I sense a real passion for doing that from this staff. Brandon, on the flip side of things, a topic we were discussing in our first segment was, well, what are some holes that still remain in this roster following the early signing period? And you have probably five months to try to get some of those things covered once you get through spring ball. You, once you get into summer, you kind of need to have your roster closer to finalize. But what holes do you still see in this roster, things that give you a little pause with this 2023 team? Yeah, I think, I think the big one, if they could – add some experience on the O-line um, would be would be one that I, I would highlight. You know, I, and Matt Rule talked pr- pretty glowingly about Nebraska's offensive line that's coming back. So so that was that was interesting to me as well. But I, the thing with the portal is, is those kind of a Cornelius, for example, those guys get I mean, Ohio State was in on him right away. Uh, those those kind of offensive linemen who have proven themselves elsewhere are, are the hottest and maybe hardest commodity to get in the transfer portal. But if Nebraska could add some experience there, maybe just one guy, um, I think that would be big. I would look for them to look pretty hard at running back as well. Not that the depth is, is bad there, um, but I think there's there's room to add on that one. And then, you know, in the secondary, they've got a lot of good young players, but that's one where – you're going to see a lot of good potential candidates via the transfer portal or even via uh, January recruiting because we've still got that too. It's not out of the question that Nebraska adds a couple more before February signing day. 
Vogues, I've got uh, well about a minute here. Uh, I want to hold you over for a, just a couple of minutes, and then I'll let you go crank the wood chipper up uh, and and continue to enjoy family time. But we'll uh, we'll spend some time and dive in with kind of what got away. We we focused on and rightfully so what Nebraska did do, and that is do well in state. They they got eight Nebraskans. They did well with the 500-mile radius that, that, that you've highlighted and you also featured in the latest issue of the, the magazine where that's always kind of been a key to success and success for Nebraska. But you do have some in-state and some regional guys that got away. So I want to get your, your take on that. Hang tight, all right? How big's the bar, or did you have to bring your own uh, <laughs> hydration station? Yeah, it, it wasn't stocked, so the bar is pretty big, but uh, we, we kept it pretty minimal for, for our two-night stay. Okay. That's <laughs> fair enough. It wasn't stocked. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a sadness in his eyes, folks. He said the bar wasn't stocked. Brandon Vogel taking some time for us here on Hale Varsity. We'll get his take on some of the regional talent and how Nebraska can maybe fix that next cycle with some quarterbacks and – uh, you mentioned Juco, Elijah. Iowa Western won the national title. They had a couple of guys uh, go elsewhere. More with Vogue's next. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Strangely enough, Vogue's and I are texting about early 1990s Nike, something showed up on a feed with the uh, the, the the Fab Five, uh, Charles Barkley's. If, if you're a basketball fan, you remember the Fab Five against North Carolina, the infamous timeout game, all Michigan wore were those three quarter, like 180 airs. And Vogues and I are talking about great shoes from our junior high era. You still have some of those, Vogues? I. I... Just one pair. I got rid of, I eventually uh, donated all the Air Jordans I had before I real, because they were old and I wore them before I realized there was going to be a market for like true vintage shoes that weren't, weren't in the best shape. Uh, the only ones I held on to were the, the red Air Maestros, which we were just talking about, uh, which I wore in my freshman year of high school. Uh, I still remember Scotty Pippen wore those, yes. um, but they debuted at the dunk contest via James Robinson. And I was like, holy cow, what are those? He's wearing all red shoes. At that point, it was – they ba- shoes basically came black or white mm-hmm. um, for the most part. You'd have some accent colors. So for somebody to have all red shoes – I think of it all the time now where, you know, you've got the entire rainbow of colors no matter what color the team is uh, on the basketball court. And guys wearing magenta shoes. It's like <laughs> – Makes me sound old, but it's how I feel. It's like you had no idea how big of a deal it was when somebody just had red shoes. That was nice. Uh, the the options for sure. Vogue's uh, Nebraska was good with uh, getting in-state talent, but you know, Coach Rule adamant about wanting to keep all the kids here, and you had some some pretty good linemen from not necessarily Nebraska get away, but. You look at the, uh, the the Missouri region, specifically the Kansas City area. Uh, you had a handful. I mean, Oklahoma just cleaned up. 
uh, and, and Venables is, is a Kansas guy, so that's not that shocking. He does well in the state of Kansas or Kansas City region anyway, but Nebraska didn't get uh, anybody from Kansas City. Uh, you have uh, Bramer go to Iowa State, and then you had Thompson. Elijah and I were just talking about interior defensive line help. Thompson uh, goes to Iowa from Iowa Western. Jamison Davis going to Auburn uh, from Iowa Western. And, uh, of course, you had uh, the Colorado linebacker, Hayden Moore, end up uh, going to Michigan, decommitting from Nebraska. Then Dylan Edwards ends up with, with Dion. So so there, there's still some work to do within this 500-mile radius, not critiquing at all because I think Nebraska did well. But that's got to be a, uh, something that they want to correct here, second wave of signing or in the future, don't you think? I haven't even hit quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before Malachi Coleman, you know, declared for Nebraska, I was wondering if three of the top pass catchers in the state were gonna were gonna go to the Big Eight, <laughs> just not at Nebraska. Two, two at Iowa State, one at Colorado. That would have been that would have been a tough pill to swallow for someone who remembers the Big Eight. But uh, kept Coleman in. You know, I think that you know, Nebraska did a good job with a little amount of time with this new coaching staff. I think of getting out locally. It's just tough to make up, you know, that much ground with with some of these guys, and you're you're gonna lose some some people when you have a coaching transition. That's just part of it. So, I do expect, uh, you know, and rules I thought spoke pretty strongly about it yesterday about keeping that base as as local as we've seen it. And this was a group that the average recruit came from inside the 500 mile radius. Usually, most classes are a little bit over that um you know i think frost's 2020 class or maybe it was 2019 averaged about 660 miles away um so there, there was a definite regional flavor to this and that's without them i think being able to to build a relationship with iowa western which by the way those offers you mentioned that that iowa western defense was legit i watched that edgy njcaa championship game and, and came away really really impressed Brandon Vogel's with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And Vogel, shifting gears here a little bit. In my years working on this show, we've had Wandale watch. We've had Fedoni watch. This past summer, we had uh, Malachi Coleman watch. Is it time to start Riola watch? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if we need to, you know, break a bottle of champagne on a, on a boat uh, to officially get it started, we can do that. But I think unofficially... Uh, the, the moment that decommitment came in, it, it, it got started for, for Nebraska fans. So we'll, we'll see. Um, the, the ones that you mentioned were, were pretty big, you know, pretty intense recruiting battles with an intense following uh, with Riola, with him being the best player, the best quarterback in that 2024 class at this point, with his connections to Nebraska. This, that might blow, blow some of those other ones away. It's going to be... It's going to be a wild ride to to watch what happens there. Folks, I'd like to note that uh, lakes and rivers are frozen over here in Nebraska. I'm not sure we're going to find a boat to break a bottle of champagne on, but we will do uh, a, a bottle of champagne on a cabin in the woods, I think, will be a, a finer place. Or we just go back to Ireland. I can get you a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. We can get a giant pair of scissors and do a ribbon cutting if mm. we need to. Brandon Vogel with us, uh, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, Flores, Kineholtz, Avery Johnson, J.J. Cole, of those four Midwest quarterbacks that went elsewhere, uh, is there one you liked best that 
more so than 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 others. Really nice year for Midwest quarterbacks. You look at Kyneholds to Ohio State, Johnson to Kansas State. You have Cole to Iowa State, and then Flores, of course, to to, to the Mullet Land. Yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, and this is probably just a, a little bit of recency bias. Um, I saw the most out of Flores. It was really impressed with him, not just in terms of his his skill level. But he, he struck me in the times I got to watch him as just kind of a gamer, which I think is is the intangible with the quarterback that you're always looking for. It's it's hard to find. Um, so to see him, you know, good for him. He, he remained pretty solid in that Oklahoma State commit from, from the get-go. Would have been nice to see Nebraska in on him a little bit earlier, in my opinion. But, um, you know, each coaching staff is trying to evaluate what they think they need at that spot. So, He's somebody I'll follow pretty closely. You know, it's it, kind of similar to, to Max Duggan for me. Enjoyed watching him at TCU, no, none more so than than this year. And and I think Flores is going to be a guy who's in that same category for for me as he goes to Oklahoma State. Brandon Vogel with his Vogues. Wait, 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 Vogues, before we get you out, I got one. Is that okay, Schmitty? Sure. I, I got one. He's he's the doctor. He's like, damn it, you're burning up my cabin time. Well, this is related to camping, so I got to get the I got to get the uh, the answer. I've been thinking about doing some winter camping. Brandon Vogel's preferred camping meal of choice is what? Um, I go with I go with a ham. So I, I'm a I'm a ham guy, and I really like country ham, which may not be for everyone because it's like super super salty. But because it's so super salty and preserved, like you can carry it in your backpack. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. Um, <laughs> get a small camp campfire going. You have a little uh, campfire pan, frying pan. Slap that, those uh, those ham slices in, and uh, you're good to go. I thought he was going to go with like you know fresh trout from a river. Way too much work on that uh, out his honest. out his window or. He was going to go kill his vittles and throw it over an open fire. Look, there's Bambi. Uh, <laughs> Vogue is a big venison guy. Brandon Vogel uh, on a little uh, holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Vogues. We'll talk soon. Thank you. You as well, guys. Thanks. There he is. He's like, let me get out of here. Should be noted, my favorite uh, camping meal is Fireball Whiskey. Okay. And that is a winner. We'll wind down hour one. Bill Dolman's 15 minutes away. Gary Barnett next hour with Hail Varsity.